Hey everyone, welcome to Ryan Reviews. So this week we're talking about the long-awaited and controversial new film in the DCU slash DCEU, The Flash. So like many people, the very problematic behavior of the lead, Ezra Miller, led me to nearly swearing off watching the film. But then, using Michael Keaton's Batman as a nostalgia bomb, Warner Brothers successfully convinced me to forego my morals in order to see the movie. Was it worth it? Listen to find out. So as usual, my ratings are based on five categories at two points or up to two points each for a total of 10 points with bonus points at my discretion. So let's get to it. So first up is story. And for story, I'm giving it a 1.25 out of two. So The Flash is yet another time travel slash multiverse story. Thankfully, this movie is more focused on the time travel aspect than it is the multiverse, which we've gotten quite a bit of on that. It operates very much like other time travel movies that we've seen. Someone goes back in time, messes things up, and spends the entire movie trying to fix the mistakes that they made. The movie doesn't spend too much time trying to explain any of it, which I appreciate, because at this point, it never makes sense, and to me, it only takes away from the movie. So I was kind of happy that it just is what it is, with minimal explanations, aside from an interesting analogy using food that we get from Batman. So anyway, in this case, it's not a spoiler to say that Barry tries to go back in time to save his mother from dying, and in doing so, creates all kind of havoc that he then has to fix. For the most part, the story unfolds smoothly and mostly makes sense, at least as far as superhero films are concerned. The dialogue is good for a superhero film, and the first two acts are really strong. It starts with a fun action scene, we understand Barry's motivation, and it keeps us engaged throughout as Barry grapples with the consequences of his actions. The third act, like many movies like this, becomes a bit chaotic and a bit of a mess. And while it was a messy and kind of chaotic and weird third act, the movie does, however, find a way to nail the ending. The ending to me is near perfect, especially for a superhero film. So time travel movies are always about actions and consequences, and the ending really plays with that idea in a way that I think really handles it better than most of these kind of genre films that we get. And I really appreciated that. So next up is performances, and I'm giving it a 1.5. While we're not looking at anything Oscar-worthy, I think The Flash certainly has some good performances. It's led by Ezra Miller, who gives a solid performance here, doing double duty as they play multiple versions of the Barry Allen slash Flash character. The version of The Flash that we've gotten in the DCEU was someone that's kind of obnoxious, he talks way too much, and just has a ton of nervous energy, and is mostly played for comedy. And... Initially, this version of Barry Allen, at least in this movie, is much more subdued than in the previous films. Eventually, though, he meets another version of himself, and then hilarity ensues as he has to deal with himself and that obnoxious version that we found. And I thought it it really does work when Barry Allen meets the other Barry Allen. So again, Ezra Miller gives a really strong performance here and plays it really well, both with the comedy and with the drama. It's among the better performances for a lead character in a superhero film, and it's it's dynamic. The other standout in this film for me is Maribel Verdu, who plays Nora Allen, Barry's mother. She's amazing and is really the heart of this film. She's so warm and loving. She's like the perfect parent. And her performance is what really makes the emotional scenes work in this film. I also loved seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman. He's in it for a solid chunk of the movie, 
And you can tell he's just having a great time putting back on the cape and the cowl. And it was everything that I wanted out of the Batman return. So outside of those performances, though, I can't say that there were any other standout performances. While nobody is really phoning it in, nobody gets much to work with. So while all the performances are perfectly fine, they just don't get much to do. We get Sasha Kali's Supergirl, who's good, but barely in it. We get the same for Ben Affleck's Batman, who's in it and fine, but we don't get much of him. Kiersey Clemens's Iris West, again, is in it, is fine, but we don't get much of her. Um, and there are a bunch of cameos that I just won't reveal that definitely get a reaction, but again, they're, they're cameos. Um, so I think that while the movie at the top has some really strong performances, it's just there's not as much depth in the uh, secondary characters and tertiary characters as I might have liked. But again, with the movie with so much going on, it's kind of hard to include all of that. So next up is The Feels. And for The Feels, I'm giving it a two. So this movie had me grinning ear to ear throughout. Uh, and I, I feel like that was the same for everybody that was in the theater with me. You know, I get that this is made for me. It's made for my generation. But it, it, it hit hard in every way. The movie was genuinely funny throughout. While there were a couple of forced bits, those were few and far between, and it was really funny. Um, the movie also, as I mentioned before, has a bunch of great cameos. Some were somewhat expected, and a couple com came completely out of left field, adding to the holy crap factor of the film. So those cameos really did work. They didn't take me out of it too much, but I, I really enjoyed a couple of them. And while the movie was funny and it had some great fan service, what really makes the movie work is its heart and its emotional beats. You'd be hard-pressed to find a superhero movie that is as emotionally resonant as this. This is due to some strong writing at points and just some, again, standout performances from Ezra Miller and Maribel Verdu. I'll leave it at that uh, because I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen the movie. But again, it really nails the feels in every way. So next up is audiovisual, and I'm giving The Flash a 1.25. So I'll start off with the good. I love the score and the way it mixes an original score with the scores from other films, namely the 1989 Batman film. I also like the soundtrack as well, and I, I really thought they made a good choice of songs throughout the film. I also really like the costume design. I think it is a step up to me from the Snyderverse costumes, even though I did like the Snyderverse costumes. I love that we got a live action blue and gray suit for Batman as we got that for the Batfleck version of him. And I like the updated version of the Michael Keaton suit, which looked close to what we got in the original movies, but, but a little bit updated. I also love Supergirl's costume. It looked great. And I really like the Flash's costume. I think it's light years ahead of what we got in the movies and what we saw in the TV show. I really love the way, what they did with that. So I think the costume design in this was great. And now for the bad. And the bad is the CGI. There were a lot of problems with the CGI. I did like how they presented his speed as it was unique and different. I think we've gotten these speedster type characters in a lot of movies and TV. And so they took a unique approach to it. And I also liked what they were going for with the speed force. I just don't think the execution was that good. There's just bad CGI throughout. And outside of the action, some of the action and choreography looked good. But it was just, I was taken back by some of the CGI. It just looked terrible. Some of the Speed Force stuff, I wasn't sure if they were going for really bad CGI or if the idea was that it, when you're in the Speed Force, it looks like a video game you know, out of the early 2000s. But whatever it was, it did not look good. And for a movie with this kind of budget, I, I was just really 
surprised. And what made it especially bad is that this movie is heavily reliant on and based on and references Man of Steel, which came out 10 years ago. And Man of Steel, whatever you say about it, looked incredible. And I love the way that it shot Superman and I love the way that it shot Superman fighting. And this movie looks visually way far behind Man of Steel, which again came out 10 years ago and heavily influenced this. So I'm not sure what went wrong with the CGI, but I uh, that was a you know that definitely took it back a notch for me because it just it, it was bad enough in spots to really take you out of it. So next up is internal logic and consistency. So I'm giving that a 1.25. Uh, much like my last review, which was of, of Across the Spider-Verse, this one gets graded on a bit of a curve as it's a time travel movie and time travel movies never make sense. As I mentioned before, the movie doesn't do much to explain itself, which I appreciate. And it does become somewhat self-referential at times and asks some of the logical questions that the viewer is asking or thinking. But then it just yada, yada, yada is in a way, which, which is fine. I'm, I'm not overly concerned with that. We've gotten this enough that I don't care that much. Uh, the main issue I had was some of the choices that the different versions of Barry makes throughout the film. You know, Despite his maturity, Barry Allen's supposed to be extremely smart, and he's a scientist in his own right. Yet throughout the film, he makes choices that are rash, spontaneous, and without much prep, testing, or forethought, which, you know, even for somebody who's supposedly as immature as him, I just, I don't buy. And so it was a little bit annoying to see that because you have actions that have such insane consequences that to act like that just doesn't make sense. And, you know, I mentioned I, I like how the movie plays with the consequences of those actions and what he has to do in the face of it. But some of those things he just shouldn't have done to begin with. So before I get to my overall score, I am going to award this some bonus points. I don't do it often, but I'm going to give it 0.5 bonus points for having one of the best superhero movie endings I can think of. I'm going to leave it at that, which I'll discuss a little bit more in the spoilers. But again, I love the ending. I think it really sticks the landing here, and I'm going to give it uh, 0.5 bonus points just for that. So overall, The Flash gets a 7.75 for me. Some highlights include great costumes, it was funny, and it nails the emotional tones. Low lights for me, the CGI is terrible, there's a messy third act, and the secondary characters have little to do and minimal screen time. So now we're going to get into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen the movie, I would suggest turning this off right now and coming back later because I think if you are a fan of this type of movie and if you're a fan of the DCEU or even just a fan of DC movies in general, you probably want to hold off if you haven't been spoiled already and check it out. But anyway, up to spoilers. So first up, we're going to talk about my MVP. And as much as I am loath to say it, Ezra Miller, despite their personal issues, really turns in a great performance here. They play double duty, and I love that the performance is so good that I would forget that it's the same person playing against themselves at many points in the movie. Um, They're really good with the funny parts, and they nail the emotional parts. The scene in the end where Barry has to effectively let his mom die was gut-wrenching, and largely because you believed how devastated Barry was in that moment. So speaking of moments, um, up to my three favorite moments of the movie, uh, included is what I just mentioned above. So the scene with Barry and his mother, to me, was near perfect. The movie does a very good job of showing us the love that Barry has for his mother and their connection. We understand and believe how important it is for Barry to bring her back. I think they have great chemistry together. And again, the performance for the Nora Allen performance is so good that it, it really sells it. And 
So it makes it really devastating that not only can he not change the past, but now he has to effectively go back and perform an act that will result in his mother's death. It's not even that he can just let her die. It's that he has to actually do something that will cause her to die. And that scene in the end with Barry and Nora, it was beautiful and it was emotional and it just worked. Like nothing I think I've seen in DC or Marvel. Again, I don't think anything is hit on an emotional level in in superhero movies like this scene did. So the second for me favorite moment is I'm a sucker for seeing Nick Cage um, and I love the renaissance he's gotten. And I love seeing uh, the Nick Cage version of Superman fighting a spider. That was awesome to me. Knowing the story of that failed Kevin Smith, super, knowing the story about the failed Kevin Smith Superman movie, of which there's a great documentary if you haven't seen it, it was really cool to see this version of Superman on screen. I, years ago, when they did this kind of Flashpoint event in the, in the Flash TV show, I was hopeful that we'd get the Nick Cage Superman. And for whatever reason, I completely forgot that that could potentially be an option for this movie. So when I saw it, I was floored and completely caught off guard, even though in hindsight, it's something that I really should have expected. But I love that they were able to include that and we got to see that in in live action or somewhat CGI live action. Finally, there are a lot of great moments in the movie, but the one that got a big reaction out of me outside of the other ones that I mentioned was seeing Batfleck in the blue and gray costume. I love the blue and gray design. Um, to me, it's the best design. And, and while I think the live action movies get the costume right and do it justice, I've been dying to see a live action version, you know, not including the Adam West version. I've been dying to see a live action version that does the blue and get gray and gets it right. And while I don't know how much I love the armor part, I love the blue cowl and cape um, and gauntlets. I thought it, it looked awesome. And I, I hope that in future movies, especially I know the Brave and the Bold movie that they're coming up with, that they stick with that design on some level because I, I just thought it looked really good. I love the coloring. And again, I'm a sucker for the blue and gray Batman, so I'm really glad that they were able to find a way to make it work and hope we get more of it. The Flash is a lot of fun. And while my overall score is less than an 8, if you just go by how I felt leaving the theater, I might have given it closer to a 9. There's a ton of fan service, so to be clear, this is for a person like me, and it you know might not get you know some huge cinephile to to care for it. But it's if you're a comic book fan, uh, if you're a fan of the DC movies, this is a fun movie. There's lots of fan service. There are great cameos. You know, even seeing George Reeve or George Reeves and Christopher Reeve as Superman was cool. Seeing the Adam West Batman was great, and that Clooney Batman cameo completely caught me off guard. Did not expect it. Didn't even think ever that that would happen and so that was just a cool fun cameo so i think it really it nails all the cameos uh seeing michael keaton as batman alone makes the movie worth the price of admission even if it was a terrible crappy movie so that was fun obviously as i mentioned before it's not without its issues the cgi is pretty bad some of the character choices are weird barry has to go back in time but with so little prep and practice that it just doesn't make sense and as a fan of back to the future as it's made very clear He's clearly aware of all the issues that time travel can cause, yet he doesn't seem to care. He's, he's going to go for it. I was also a little bit annoyed with his dad's exoneration. Like, I like the idea that he was trying to pull a little fast one over time by placing the tomato can on a high shelf so the security video would pick up his dad and then exonerate him. But the problem is, how does that exonerate him? His father could have still gone home and stabbed the mom. The whole point was that the dad was there with the mom when Barry saw them. So I, I don't see how him getting the tomato can helped. It just means he left 
and that was that part was true but it doesn't mean that he couldn't have gone home and stabbed the mom because it wasn't about whether he was there when she was stabbed or not you know so i don't know it was just a little weird to me that that's what exonerated him like i get i get the idea and i get that it was cute and i get that then the consequences of him trying to pull a fast one on time was that we have george clooney's batman but it was just a little weird like that could have been thought through a little bit better so all issues aside i think that the flash is still a ton of fun and it really nails the emotional notes for me barry realizing what needs to be done and watching him have to do it is a great you know, gut punch of an ending. It's subdued, emotional, and works on the back of a couple of very just fantastic performances. It's as much fun as I've had in a superhero movie in a long time, maybe since the first Deadpool movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. And I, if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't have listened this far because you're going to miss out on some awesome uh, surprises. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, see it. If you have seen it, see it again. It's a lot of fun and I highly recommend it. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, leave a review. We can be found on all social media platforms at portable underscore whole. And we can be found on any of your favorite podcast platforms at portable whole publishing. For any information about us, upcoming releases, or podcasts, you can check us out at portablewholepublishing.com. And to email us, email us at portablewholepub at gmail.com. 